Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Sapolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss toenails, Motley Crue, and student loans. But first, a word from our sponsors. Whether you're a seasoned internet pro or just starting out with your first website, HostGator is your one-stop shop for all things web hosting. Their drag-and-drop features and mobile-friendly templates make it easy to design a site it's perfectly customized to your audience. Not to mention, HostGator's 24-7 expert support is always available to assist you anytime you have a question. There's even a 45-day money-back guarantee. And right now, you can get 60% off by visiting HostGator.com tomorrow. That's HostGator.com tomorrow. Take a bite out of the internet. USAA is passionate about what they do, ensuring the financial security of the military community and their families. As an employer, USAA creates conditions for employees to succeed. USAA is hiring for customer service reps, designers, developers, insurance, banking, and more. Visit them online and see over 200 jobs available. It's an organization that provides opportunities for you to collaborate, create, and lead. Find your purpose with USAA. Visit usaajobs.com and join the team. My guest today is a fantastic writer, a smart guy, a snappy dresser. Uh, he's wearing currently wearing lavender sweatpants. I'm of course talking about uh, the outline scribe. You're not really a, what's a scribe. I'm of course talking about the outline staff writer Jeff Ihaza. Jeff, thank you for being here. Hello. That's how we do it. Oh, we're in, so, uh, we're in that, it now. Was that in? Yeah, that's right. We started. That's like when you're at the doctor and they're like, they're about to give you a shot and they're like, all right, now I'm going to count to three. Oh, and they're and like, then one, it, then boom, they do it. And you're like, wait, I didn't even. Here I am. Yeah, and, I feel like I've sunken into a new. Uh, do you feel comfortable? Yeah, you know, I've Jeff's, been in this room before. Jeff's sitting in a very relaxed position. Uh, you know, just chilling in sweatpants. Anyhow, Jeff told me today that he's never been on a podcast before. I've never been on a podcast. Which, which seems incredible because there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts happening I have friends every with day. podcasts, and I'm like, you don't ask people, like, hey, can I come on your podcast? Right. But at the same time. You're like, like you give them a look, though. Dude. When they talk about it, they're like, oh, I got to record my, uh, I got to record a new episode, and you give them a look like, like oh, yeah. oh, you really, oh, you new Who, episode? Who's the guest this time? Oh, do, you have, do you have a guest? Have you booked somebody? Or? Anyhow, Jeff is a writer. He writes at The Outline. He's also a thinker. He's a creative like man. He's also a fashionable man. He's a man who's invested in and interested in the world of fashion, which I find horrible. Uh, well, I find I think most fashion is like I think I really do think that Bruno probably is the most realistic depiction of what's really going on in the in the minds of the people in fashion. That's a <laughs> come on the Sasha Baron Cohen. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember the movie, and I just like I remember sitting in the movie. theater. And that's it. I it's don't not, remember anything. It's not about a great it. movie, but I but it, I think it. You know, there's a there's a part of the movie where he's interviewing. He's has this you know his character, and he's interviewing people, and he's saying like about talking to them about their influences and just making crazy shit up, and they're agreeing with him about everything that he says. Huh. And I feel like that's kind of how old was I when Bruno came out? I mean, I'm not a mathematician. It must have been like 14. <laughs> nor do I have your nor do I have your records in front of me. Ah, uh, yes. Anyhow, so so Jeff writes about a bunch of different things for us, but but he he writes about pop culture. He writes about fashion, um, and then and then when he gets really mad, mm. he writes about politics. Those guys. Uh, and and what's the last thing that you did? Um, let me jog my memory. The so to as of right now, the last thing I, I know wrote something coming was tomorrow. about. Uh, Donald Trump and student loans. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you actually, one of your first things you did for us was about the student housing oh um, my God. situation. Yeah. And, and how like they're turning, they're basically like student houses are or condos, or, or student housing is becoming like luxury condo style living. And it's very bad for very people bad. who can't afford luxury condos. Well, while I was in college, I couldn't afford to live anywhere. It was like the constant of my entire college career was like not being able to afford rent. And when I tried to get like on campus housing and try to go through the school, uh, everything was just like ridiculous and like very strange. And I thought, I got into college. 
why is <laughs> like somewhere to sleep. Why, why isn't this working? <laughs> like it was like you know, like nineteen like complications or whatever don't that make that much sense, but it's just like something about it just felt like inherently so wrong. Right. And I've been kind of obsessed with like the companies that own dorms ever since. Well, the 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 I mean the privatized. I mean everything. Well, I mean so many things in America are a huge scam. Very big. Scam. But many of our but many of the the um, the university system, the college system, and the way that like the difficulty. Um, that most Americans have actually participating in that system is like pretty crazy, and and really what they insane. have, and what they have to deal with after it. I mean, the student loan. I mean, to your latest piece, the student loan issue is insane. It's only going to get worse. And we're like, I mean, we're basically like, I think we may be the only really industrialized, modern country that has this. <laughs> We're like, yeah, like where you can go to school, but you're gonna fucking be paying out of your ass for the rest of your life. <laughs> like you will die with this debt. <laughs> yeah, like no, I mean, I it was an insane feat. Like Laura had all these crazy student loans, and for the whole time, we eventually made a little bit of money and paid them off. But like, it was a took years and years and years, and I was like, this is fucked up. Like I don't even understand how you could have incurred so much debt. I have a question. Yeah, what happens if you just like? Absolutely do not pay, which I won't say is what I've been doing. But. I think <laughs> this is Jeff's. This is his subtle way of telling me he wants a pay bump. Um, <laughs> wait a second. So you're not paying? Well, no, I've paid and then I stopped paying for a while. It's I mean, like, what do they do? Do they send you a thing? They send you a couple letters, but like, look, I'm you know, I've been through it. I know what it's like to get bill collector letters. I mean, so don't not... don't they don't they eventually? What happens? I think here's what happens. They you don't pay. I mean, what does happen? You don't pay. You get a lot of letters, and then they don't. Just, they don't arrest there's you. There's no way they can arrest you. Can they arrest you, John? I feel like I'm looking at John like he should know. <laughs> I just say Ryan is not here today. I'm very disappointed, but I also love John. No, it's okay. I get it. <laughs> John Lagomarcino. Did I say that right? Yeah. Lagomarcino Laga is a lot of people say, which is incorrect. <laughs> like a maraschino. No. Exactly like that. Is this bordering on racism? Is this racist? It is. It is straight up racism. Is it? I'm. I'm leaving. The Italians. <laughs> the Italians are gonna be upset. The all the Italians hate me. It's actually a known fact. Wow. <laughs> well known fact. I'm hated by all Italians. Um, but John, you don't know anything about this, do you? I'm looking at you, but you don't have the. Answer. I don't know what happens if you don't pay him now. Well, well, I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah, I'll find out. <laughs> there should be something. Friend. Maybe you should report on this for us. You should just like like your experience. D- student loan defaulter. Uh, personal story. But I actually had a friend who tried to create like. Uh, at my previous job, uh, tried to create a sort of like movement that a youth movement of everyone just like on one day choosing to stop paying their student loans. Sort of like Trump's movement. The movement Basically, the, the movement. movement. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea behind it was actually really interesting because it's like what happens if like every person who has student loans for a month doesn't pay them? Well, this, just, is, this is like what would happen if everybody who gets doesn't pay taxes, you know, if everybody stopped paying taxes. Well, right? yeah. The problem is getting people to do it, right? You have to like... Everybody student loans to, are easy though, because getting someone to not pay their student loans is just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like what they do normally. Yeah. So it's not really that hard. So wait, so what happened? Uh, it didn't go through. I mean, everything at, at I don't know if I'm allowed to say like names. If I should name names, you do whatever you want. I used to work at Vice. It was at Vice Land, um, okay. and we wanted to do like they wanted like uh, you know those old like '90s MTV used to get behind like issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to do this thing around student loans and the student loan crisis. Like rock the rock the loan. Rock the loan. Yeah. Would have been, I mean, I don't think that was the actual name, but that was that's a good name. Loan the vote. <laughs> that's like a, that would have convinced all of Breitbart's readers that indeed we are stealing votes. I love Breitbart. Um, Breitbart's a great publication. Fair publication. Bet number Very one, good. top number one publication. I've been on there more lately than I think. I would ever be You've been on with. oh you mean reading it. Yeah, just because like not now, like they're targeting you. No oh god. Soon. <laughs> soon. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like I was kind of like, oh, you mean they're like shit talking things they, that you write. Then again, I have so many of those words muted from my Twitter mentions. For all I know, I could you, be like Do you mute a lot of words? I mute it's fun like I think the most fun thing is coming up with the words to mute. Like I like that to me was the best experience we, of Twitter. We had to create um at when I was at AOL, when I was at Engadget. I used to be at AOL. What'd you do? Where were you? What My you first doing? job in New York was an intern at AOL.com. Oh, really? Yeah. The the dot com. That's the, the doc, big one. The dot com. Um, we had a we had a, we got a new commenting system. We had to create the um, blacklist of words, <laughs> and it was fucking crazy. Oh my 
my god. Because it's like every uh, and you have to give. We had to give the list to somebody like a dev or somebody to like implement it. Ugh. And they were like, "Can you give us a list of words you don't want on here?" And it was like, "Just think of literally the worst possible thing." And then we would collect them over time, so you'd see like, "Oh, here's some new words to add." And, <laughs> this and you're fucked like, up. "Cuck." Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was like that. Oh, be cuck is tame by comparison <laughs> to what we were seeing. Yeah. I mean, think of all the permutations because it would do like a word, but you couldn't do like. Oh, so, you can do like combos. Yeah. Like, so you can imagine like oh, there's a word and then there's a oh, word that goes after it. A compound. There's compound words, but you have to be, do each one individually. There should be an engineering solution to that. Well, there is now. I mean, this was like this was years ago when you know people didn't know shit about anything. Like um, nobody knew how to use the internet, so it was a very different time. But now there's a there are you know that Google just is like magically knows the words. Didn't we run a story about Google where if you search, I guess they stopped doing this, but if if you typed in our girls, the first thing would be like crazy or something. I think they they change it. Somebody else had done a story about that. Yeah, I think that was one that was sort of known, mm. but then there were like a million of these snippets that were Yeah, like known. stuff like uh, our Jewish people. It was like some crazy thing about Jewish people. It's true. Um, which I learned working here that yeah. Jewish people don't run the media. Well, I mean, I mean, I, technically speaking, I'm Jewish, but... Because uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I run the media at the outline. <laughs> growing up, it's like, because I grew up in Texas, so yeah. I didn't really know any Jewish people. I didn't know anything about like stereotypes about Jewish people or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd, I, never, you'd never been around a Jew. Like, you were a kid. No Jewish there people. There were no Jews. You knew no Jews. There was one Jewish person. He was an Ethiopian Jewish person. So it was kind of like the type of thing where all the kids That's like are so like, much. There's yeah, like so like, much other stuff going on. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have a black Jew. That's crazy. And it's yeah. like, all right, guys. That's for Texas. That. What a trip. I know. He a black sh- Jew in Texas. In Texas. Is like, he went to Rice. He was a smart guy. Yeah. Good kid. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. What's it like being him? Black Jew <laughs> in, in Texas. Texas. That's a fucking, I would be interested. Anyhow, but so you went to school in Texas. You'd never seen a Jew in your entire life. So then I moved to Pittsburgh yeah. where I went to college. Yeah. And, you know. There's some Jews there. All, a whole new world. I think that Pittsburgh uh, has a very large Jewish population, actually. Um, That's where I I'm from. Remember. I'm I've, from there. I, I, I am aware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, talk, we talk about moving the business to Pittsburgh all the time, Jeff and I. It would be nice. But one of the reasons you. I wanted to have Jeff on the podcast was because Jeff, I learned some things about him. We sit next to each other here at the office. Sure. That's right, receipt mates. And I learned uh, not that long ago that Jeff is a big conspiracy theorist. Oh, boy. So uh, you you were, when you were a kid, you were, of course, this makes sense knowing that you grew up in Texas. Well, Yes. You were an InfoWars fan. Huge fan. I He had a radio show. Yeah. And I would like... Because all, all the craziest people come from the radio. Radio is where it all happens. Yeah, it's really odd to think about now because, I mean, how old was I? Like 10, from ages 10 to like 12. How did you even get access to InfoWars when you were 10? You so, just listened to it on the radio. No, we had a, I mean, family computer. And like, I was really the only one in my like house that was computer literate in that way. Yeah. So like everyone else was like... You know, oh, how do I check an email and like blah blah blah? And I was the only one who was like, oh, I'm fucking around. Like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, you're like uh, infowars. Infowars.com. <laughs> you take a type in all that. So, yeah, I think it was like one summer. I got like super into infowars and the 9/11 truth stuff, and it was interesting because it's summer, so my parents would go to work in the daytime, and then I was the only one at home, and then I was just like listen to Alex Jones. It's like actually got a wild thing about now. It's crazy. But I would like put on a show and then I would his, go. But his and trutherism like, was like a little, had a different kind of slant to it. He like, was much different back then. It was definitely more sci-fi, right? It was more like um, global conspiracy. Yeah, it was It was very much about um, the, what's that group? The Bilderberg group or yeah. something? Bilderberg? Bilden Bilderberg? I don't know. Uh, can we get a search in this, John? <laughs> it's Bilderberg or Bilderberg. Bilderberg. Bill, that sounds weird. Um, that and the Bohemian Grove. Well, Bohemian Grove is old school. Bohemian Grove is very. I think Bohemian, that's what Bohemian got me Grove in. is old school conspiracy theory. That's like tied into all of like the. I mean, have you ever read any of the Cosmic Trigger books? No. Who's oh, the, who are those by? Robert Anton Wilson. Uh, that name came up a lot. Yeah, Robert Anton. Okay, yeah. see, that's the thing. Alex Jones, his lineage is these old school conspiracy. So the old school conspiracy guys are like basically kind of runoff from the 60s. They're mm. like drug runoff from the, like, they're not, I mean, some of them are really fucking smart and interesting. But like Robert Anton Wilson, who wrote, um, God, what is his famous book? I'm I'm blanking on it right now. The Biggest Secret? The Illumin, uh, well, the no, The Biggest Secret is written by David Icke. I'm sorry. Or Icky, depending on who you talk to. 
We'll talk about the biggest secret in a second because oh. consp- oh. I'm into conspiracy theories. You're they're one of my that? favorite. They're one of my favorite things. They're all true. But uh, <laughs> Robert Anton Wilson wrote this trilogy of books, Cosmic Trigger. It's actually called the Illuminati, the Illuminatus trilogy. Can is you? This, is I, that where the Illuminati like idea came from? So yeah, I mean, actually, he invented. Okay, I think that he wrote this other book. Yeah, the Illuminatus trilogy. Is that is that the first book is Cosmic Trigger, um, or is that a different series? I can't I can't always get these confused. No, it's it's the Eye in the Pyramid, the Golden Apple, yes. and Leviathan. So so I think what <laughs> happened is that Robert, who's the other author of it, um, the Leviathan, really? Robert Shea and Robert Anton Wilson. Yeah. So these guys wrote this book, and I think that it 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 sort of was like fiction merged with some kind of like fact, and then. A lot of things happened that sort of mirrored what they were writing about. Mm. And then he went on to write these books, um, cause the Cosmic Trigger trilogy, mm. which is like about the real conspiracy that's happening. What is it? I mean, it's the Illuminati. Oh, well. It's the Illuminati, and there's a whole thing about the number 23. And Oh. Yeah, okay. You, I'm sure you heard this on Alex the, Jones. I'm sure. The he, number 23. So when that movie came out, Alex yeah. Jones had, like, a whole thing about it. He did, Is that like, a Johnny Depp movie? Uh, Jim Carrey. It was, like, Jim Carrey's, like, first serious role. Oh, wow. It was actually, like, Rotten Tomatoes didn't like it. I liked it. I had, a, I like, downloaded a copy of it. I've got to believe that it's bad. It's pretty good. I don't believe it's that. good. I can't trust you on this. I, I really, <laughs> I really feel like that movie's not good. It's like I kind of want to watch it. It's now. The, it's like one of those movies where you're like, by the end, you're not mad you watched it, and I think that is a hallmark of a good film. I would say that's a very low bar. <laughs> like not being mad. I guess okay. No, some movies you leave and you're like, what the fuck did I just do? No, like, it's like when you watch the second season of Love and you're uh, like. Why did I watch all of this show? You know my new thing with Netflix shows now? No. I watched the first episode, and if I know it's garbage. But, like, the only the only thing <laughs> is they get you with, like, what's going to happen, so I just skip to the last one. Wow. That's all you need. Wow. That's, I watched episode one and episode, like, 12 or whatever yeah. of Love. Yeah, it was 12 episodes. Yeah. Fuck all that middle. I don't need you know, The middle was very not good. No. Did you get what happened at the end? Yeah, by the end. Because it's like, no, actually, I watched the second to last one because it was called The Long D. And I was like, okay, there's probably something like funny in yeah. here. It was wasn't there? funny. It wasn't think, funny at I think all. it's a serious episode. It was a very serious episode. The show's like, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm glad people are trying to do some things, but. I'm not so glad. Well, whatever. <laughs> Netflix has a lot of new stuff out. You wrote about this, actually. I think, Sorry, I don't want to get off topic because I want to get back into conspiracy. Conspiracy. But, you, but you wrote about the idea that Netflix is kind of like, has kind of become. And I think people are catching on to it, too, because like. Netflix came out and everyone is very like everyone who is interested in technology is very interested in new things So yeah. it's like oh, I could watch TV <laughs> on the internet. Well, this is the future and it's like hold on a second Wait a second like the commercial forces that make TV garbage exist on Netflix So yeah, well, they've just migrated they, and they just like switched it around a little so now it's like they just need you inside of Netflix's Platform so that's they'll right. put whatever they want. That's, that's like right. a volume problem, right? Like it used to be that Netflix would only do a handful of series a year and now right. they're like doubling them every year and it of course there's gonna be crap well it's more than that i think i think that argument is because Ooh, then it's like shutting you down john then yeah. what's the difference between netflix and tv at this point then well they're in terms of content well with, the difference with netflix is like people probably don't unsubscribe from netflix when they see a show they don't like yeah for tv it's like if you turn the cha- if you change the channel on like abc they lose money they're like fuck they're like you're not watching our commercials mm-hmm. so the incentive is really different right it's a very similar incentive though well, I think that, and this is partially in your piece, but like one of the good things, and I don't think it's totally good, but I do think that the TV system does produce this interesting thing where, well, every they cancel a lot of shit, they run a lot of stuff, but they cancel a lot of stuff. But there is like sometimes it's like if something is bad and then you see it, you don't, and you don't put out twelve episodes of it. That's a good thing. It's maybe a good thing. <laughs> That's a good. Whereas, thing. like, if you make all of Sense Eight season two or whatever, I haven't seen this. I've heard Sense Eight. Sense Eight is crazy bad. Is it bad? It's so bad. It's so it's bad. A, it's it's good. a Wachowski. It's the only thing on Netflix that's so bad. It's good. Really? Everything else is just like bad. Is that, that's and, like and like bad. Sense Eight is not good. Sense Eight. No, it's like all of Netflix shows. It's like you know the first the idea is interesting. The first episode is interesting for fifteen minutes, and yeah. then you're kind of like, wow, this dialogue is horrible. Oh. This show is not interesting at all. I really was not a fan of uh, what is the Marvel show they put on the, the new one, Iron Fist. No, 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 no. The uh, Jessica the, Jones. Jessica Jones. Everybody I was like, like Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones is great. It's pretty good. And I thought, like, okay, there were parts of it that were really intriguing. It was too dark for me. But then, like, literally, like, it was hard to see things. Or 
No, it was like <laughs> dark in a way that like made me just feel like real bad. It's definitely dark, especially as a man. I was just like, yeah. I should just jump into a river. And well, just like stop. the villain, I like the villain in the show, but I don't know. Maybe I should finish it. I just finished the first. <laughs> now I'm, like, I'm thinking of. I'm like, yeah, there was stuff that I liked. I just feel like all of the superhero shows. We just ran this thing about Legion. I just feel like all this stuff is like not really very good. Mm. Uh, maybe Jessica Jones is worth finishing. Jessica Jones, I thought, was one of the only. Because I, I tried to watch, was it The Flash that they did? No, The Flash is like a WWE that's a, show. I guess that's on Netflix. They did so. uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah. I tried to watch Daredevil. I just could not get into that show at all. I'm like, if there's Ben Affleck is not Daredevil, I'm not right? really interested. Like, who else is, yeah. No one else is Daredevil There's no mind. other Daredevil in my yeah, mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Jessica Jones was actually really good. I think uh, I think the reason that one does better is because like it's a bit more story-driven, so it doesn't have to do as much. Right. Like action scenes. There and are shit. there are action sequences in it, but though. it's not. I don't know. And anyhow, the dialogue's better. Anyhow, so back to conspiracy theory. So conspiracy one of the things I thought was interesting is I learned sitting next to you is that you're a big conspiracy theory fan. And then and so whenever whenever we talk about whenever there's a situation going on in the world, which is now all the time, all constantly, every like day, every fucking day, um, you usually come at it with a <laughs> like a slightly more um, and all encompassing. Like attitude. I think that's where the world is right now. Do you? I, well, I, uh, the the Rolling Stone just ran a cover story about Trump by Matt Taibbi. Did which you call it the Rolling Stone? The Rolling Stone. <laughs> Rolling Stone magazine. Rolling Stone magazine um, ran their cover story yesterday uh, about Trump. I forget what it's called, like the Trump Destroyer or something. Yeah. Um, decent piece. It's fine. the The interesting thing about it, and the thing I like about this writer Matt Taibbi, is like. Taibbi's great. He's a good guy. And I think he really he, – he got to something that I think is very true about this administration, which is that nothing that we have, like, thought about or the way that we have thought about things for the past, like, 50 years in America does not apply to Donald Trump in that's, any way. That's right. And I think, like, you know, maybe us low-key conspiracy theorists need to, like, rise up and be like, wait. Our way of thinking is, like, the mode of the country right but is, now. But is Donald Trump a conspiracy or uh Well, Steve Bannon is a complete conspiracy. Like, he wants he's a, to do— He's a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. He's not a—but he's, he's not part of a conspiracy. I think I mean, he the, wants the, to create a conspiracy. But he may be part of a conspiracy right now that is, like, has to do with Russia. Well— But, like, he's not part of the Illuminati. Well, this is a different. This is a whole new conspiracy. I mean, it's a very, it's a great See, time to be alive. But this is, for, no, is it? It's a great time. It's to be a great alive. time to be a conspiracy theorist. No, but see, I think okay. So now there's a deeper conspiracy that actually is like overtaking the other conspiracy. Well, I think if like, the Illuminati had this shit all together. Then why is this happening? I think I've never fallen. Illuminati has never been my game. I'll say that. Okay, who's running things, and how do they let Trump get in charge? I don't. I don't believe in conspiracies in the way of like there's like a centralized order as much as I believe in things being connected. So it's like, <laughs> sounds like uh, this is film, the number twenty three. Oh, that's great! <laughs> great film, starring starring the wonderful actor Jim Carrey. Very good. Very Jim good. Carrey never gets enough credit. Um, I agree. Truman Show, fantastic film. Really good film. Yeah, but I think like. The conspiracy thinking of like, oh, like George Bush masterminded 9-11 to get oil, like that stuff never really works. Well, unless well, you're a 10-year-old ten year old in me Texas listening was, to Alex Jones. definitely, look, the steel beams thing was oh convincing uh, at the time. But like based on what? Convincing because of who? Because of YouTube videos where they have some guy yeah. going like, hey, man, it doesn't work. That's the fucking thing about YouTube. <laughs> if you put a video up there and you're like, and you're like, look, the hydraulic pressure of the, and, you're like, and people are like, all right, this guy this sounds like he, he knows he's what he's got a chart. About. You're like, here's a chart of the heat of blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you're like, it fuck, was literally okay, that. It's like. Steel cannot melt. And they're like, well, damn, it must yeah. be true. Oh, if you say anything with enough, like, kind <laughs> of confidence and, and a chart or two, yeah, you're explaining, by the way, half of the success of internet websites. You're like, a chart, some confidence. You're a fucking <laughs> pop. You're a new media. Some, uh, some like, bold text. New to... media powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how the outline uh, is getting by. You know. A chart and a dream. <laughs> All we had was a chart and a dream. Yeah. A chart, some confidence, and a dream. Um, Anyhow, so but I think conspiracies now are, are a bit more like the like I think about this Russia stuff and it's like it makes sense. It makes total sense. It, it checks makes, out. It all checks out. <laughs> I don't know that like Russia like Russia wanted Trump to become president as much as maybe he just wanted to embarrass Hillary Clinton. Maybe he just wanted fuck around. 
But I think like conspiracies now are interesting because the type of thinking they require, which is like being kind of willing to like go and just like test a hypothesis that's outside of the like mainstream or like line of thinking. And then see where see where digging around there gets you. I right. think that's what's always been interesting about it. It's like it's less about like wanting to see some global, you know, powerhouse group controlling everything as much as it's like Bill, it is Bill so Berg. boring to like read the Times or read Washington Post. And it's just like that's why like people like Glenn Greenwald make me so mad because it's like all he does is like shit on the idea of things being possible because he's like so smart. And it's like, I don't know, man. Why well, not think about it? But here's the thing. Well, but he's also kind of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, exactly. Of all people. <laughs> I mean, but but here's the thing. Like, so, so first off, like, um, I think the idea that a conspiracy can exist is 100% true. Like a vast uh, no, centralized No, no. I think a vast conspiracy is actually very, very difficult and almost impossible to very pull impossible. off. I mean, if you ever met a person— they're really fucking stupid. <laughs> they're I mean, not they're good. not. People are not. People I mean, you know, worst animals. You run into people all the time, and you're like, you are not smart. How is this going to happen? Like, yeah. you know, you're like, it's just like things don't work in regular life. Like, I need a cup of coffee, and like, it can't happen because somebody's too stupid. Somebody like just can't make it. I feel like you you're know. talking about personal. I'm not talking about that. anybody personal whatsoever. I'm just saying in life, you know, it's like you go to a diner, you order a coffee, something gets fucked up. My point is. So, like, the global conspiracy thing is ridiculous, but, but like, the Russian conspiracy is, like, basically makes sense where it's, like, okay, Russia has a reason, has good, like, motivation. This is, like, real tactical conspiracy. It's, like, mm. in a short amount of time, it's, like, tactically smart for Russia to have some influence in what America is doing, you know, like, with the sanctions and the pre- preventing them from going into areas to, you know— in terms of like land or resources they may want to take from mm-hmm. from surrounding areas, right? It's very important for uh, America to, if not be allied with them, which we're certainly not, but just like incapacitated otherwise, or or just to be deferent to them. is that the right word? Deferent? I think so. To defer to them? I think you get a pass on that. Deference? Yeah. To provide de- anyhow. The or point what was is, the thing Trump said during the command? It would be great if we were friends yeah. with Russia. Or it's crazy to me. Like I've never. I mean, to me, it's like it's one of these things. When when Bush was when Bush uh, W was running, in the debates in like two thousand with Al Gore, who I get it was very boring, but yeah. like you know was also very smart. Al Gore's a smart dude, and like you'd see these debates and Bush would be saying this shit, and I'm like, how nobody's gonna vote for this guy? It's insane. Like I listened to him talk, and I'm like, nobody could possibly hear this guy and be like, we should fucking have him be president. And I thought the same thing with Trump. I was like. Oh, well, like, no one's going to – the guy when you're like, okay, point blank, Donald, do you condemn Russia's actions in the Ukraine or whatever? And he's like, "Ah, I don't know. Like, (laughs) Putin is okay. Like, who knows what's going on in the Ukraine? He's like, I'm like, come on. This is so fucking transparent. And yet, like, in this country, people were like, no, it's not that big of a deal. It's like everything he does. I mean, talk about Teflon. Talk about Teflon Don. I mean, okay, but sorry, getting back to to the point. (laughs) So I do think, like – conspiracies can exist like Watergate was a real thing yeah, that happened yeah. right I just feel like when I hear people start talking about the deep state mm. and like the the global conspiracy and the shadow government I just think like listen you watch you've read too many books because like people aren't this good they always get found out they always blow it somebody always fucks up and like it's not like I've have you ever seen the X-Files I've seen some X-Files okay like you know there's no smoking man. There's no suave fucking operator I mean, that's who just true. who just walks through life, you know, killing JFK and fixing the World Series and fucking you know, Cuba fixing the world. I mean, I think sports are all fixed. I think that's the, definitely true. I mean, Super the Super Bowl, Bowl is definitely fixed. A fix. yeah, There's no on. question. Uh, Patriots were put in. But I think like when it comes to like you, when we think about like systems of money that we have in society, it's like. There's there's a lot to protect wealth. Like if you ha- if you are worth twenty billion dollars or something, I am. That's not gonna you you can't be taken down. So like the when it mm. like every rich person has a conspiracy that they like essentially operate internally. Well, know? I mean, it makes it very hard to to money makes all things possible. Exactly, money can make almost anything go away. So who has all the money? I mean, you don't hear about billionaires in jail for murder a lot. You never hear about it, but. Are billionaires, do they need to do murders? 
They probably have somebody murder for How them. much money do you think it takes in America to get away with murder? Depends on who you're murdering. Mm. I think it's variable. Mm-hmm. Like if you're murdering like another billionaire, billionaire, <laughs> then you're probably getting you need gone. like you need like at least a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> if you murder like a street, like a street urchin or something, you're like urchin. a regular, yeah, some kind of regular peasant or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean you know ten, fifteen bucks or whatever. Like, <laughs> but I think that idea is where I think a lot of the deep state thought comes from, where it's like there are people whose entire you know, live not even just livelihoods, but whose entire like fortunes or whatever are tied up in whether or not Trump fucks up or doesn't. And I think there is something to be said for like maybe all the billionaires got together and said, "Hey, this guy can't like just blow our cash. Like we got hundred billion dollars. We have the GDP." Right. Right. So you think you're saying that it's not the deep state, it's financial interests, the deep bucks, the deep bucks. She she coined that. Hey. She should write something. Like deep, forget the deep state. Look at the deep bucks. Deep cash. Deep bucks is not very deep good. Ca- <laughs> yeah, deep bucks is not very good. Deep cash. All right, you know we should we should take a break, and we'll come back and we're going to talk more about conspiracy theories and the future of American politics, and also workwear. Oh yeah, with Jeff Ahaza. Incredible home cooking has never been more attainable thanks to Blue Apron. Because for less than 10 bucks a meal, Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow, seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. No more overspending at restaurants or high-end grocery stores. With Blue Apron, you can prepare delicious, memorable meals yourself in under 40 minutes. Not to mention Blue Apron is partnered with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. to ensure that all their ingredients are of the highest quality. And because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required, they're reducing food waste. It's delicious, quality food that you can feel good about. Some of the meals uh, coming in March, which are extremely delicious, are salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips, and spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash tomorrow. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash tomorrow. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Technology is such a powerful tool and an essential part of our daily lives, but all that screen time can strain your eyes and lead to headaches, blurred vision, and increased sensitivity to light. Thankfully, Crizol no-glare lenses protect your eyes from the glare of digital screens and the harmful effects of blue-violet light, helping to safeguard them from potential damage. Not to mention, Crizal lenses also give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to scratches and smudges, meaning no more fingerprints from taking your glasses on or off or scuffs from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. Crizal lenses even protect against blinding glares from the headlights of oncoming traffic, as well as harmful UV light. And because Crizal Labs use extensive tests to ensure your lenses meet the highest standards of testing, you can be completely confident in their quality. So what are you waiting for? Look better, feel better, and most importantly, be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Just go to Crizal.com to learn more. That's C-R-I-Z-A-L.com and start living life in the clear. All right, we're back with Jeff Ahaza, great conspiracy theorist, even better writer. Also, I'm an okay writer. Strangely, a good good at baking. <laughs> Jeff made a rev- he had a revelation here in the office like a few months ago. Well, like a month ago or something. Yeah. Where he was telling us how he liked to bake to relieve the stress that he was feeling about Trump. I mean, I should say, let me just say this. I don't think people realize that people out there in the world, how stressful Trump is. I I don't know who I'm talking to. He's a stressful guy. He is the daily stress that we're all experiencing. I mean, I'm psyched that he's golfing, actually. This is how bad it is. We all need the vacation. I don't want the president to work. (laughs) The less he works, the better better we all are. And I think he knows it. And I I think they all know it. I, don't you feel like they're put kind of they're like go go golf? Yeah, just go go away from. I mean, I can't I can't even imagine being the person that's like take him away from Twitter and shit. Like you got to walk in, he's in his robe, his micro <laughs> his micro penis, just kind of just kind of like barely visible in the in the darkened room by himself. He by lives himself. in the White House by himself. He's wearing he's wearing leather slippers and with socks though. Eesh. You know you know. And his can you imagine how bad Donald Trump's fucking toenails are? Just think about that for a second. He's seventy years old. He's rather he's relatively corpulent. Great word. Yeah, thank you. 
<laughs> you know his toenails are in bad shape. That's all I'm saying. Probably gross. His doctor. You saw his doctor. Guy's got like a ponytail or something. Is that his real doctor? I don't know. That guy's like a Dr. Feelgood. He is such a Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Are you familiar with the song Dr. Feelgood? No, but I'm thinking about doctors who like By Motley Crue? give people heroin because they're addicts. Are you familiar with Motley Crue? I am familiar with You know, the, I was learning <laughs> SAT words yeah. in high school. Okay. And the word Motley was a word. And the teacher was like, oh, like Motley Crue. And I was like, what's that? Now your teacher was real square. It's real square. Uh, and I Googled it, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I was going mm-hmm. through, like, a punk <laughs> hard rock phase well, at the time. Well, Motley Crue, it's, so f- it's crazy because we're obviously – there's an age difference here. <laughs> no, I'm the I'm same. You're, <laughs> You're 48. <laughs> Do you know how old I am? Are you not 48? No, 48. 48 is old. You I was like, when you said that, bastard. I was like, wow. How dare you? <laughs> Jesus. No, no I'm like, very young. I'm 39. very youthful. I'm in my 30s. Um, the point is – uh, Molly Crew is not good, but they did have a song <laughs> called Dr. Feel Good about a guy who gets you drugs. Oh, sick. So whenever I meet a doctor who will give me a Xanax prescription with basically no effort, I'm like, oh, he's a Dr. Feel Good. Dr. Feel Good. And those are my favorite kinds of doctors. You know, it's very easy to get an Adderall prescription. You know, I think you have to go to like a therapist, though. Yeah. I mean, well, now I don't know if we need to like expose the No, let's the expose it. Let's here. get it out there. This is but what this now, podcast is for. But now you can go – if you go to a therapist and just say uh, – you tell them that you can't focus, and it's making you depressed, and then... The therapist. Yeah. And they give you Adderall. Gives you all the Adderall you need. I feel like I'm high energy. I feel like if I had Adderall, it would be... People would be really stressed out about their having to work with me. I don't know, because I feel like Adderall would make you... More focus. Focused. Yeah, you would focus on singular Do things Do I seem unfocused to you? Well, you know, I think it's good. I don't like to take Adderall outside of recreational use, because... Same. For me, I like the fact that my mind bounces around. Otherwise, like, I would just focus on the same thing, like, too right, much. Right, um, But, yeah, you know, you probably wouldn't – you wouldn't be too high energy. You'd just be, like – Focus. You, you You're would right. be changing headlines so much. No, it's good that I change headlines. <laughs> I'm active. I'm in, the, I'm in the mix. I'm in the CMS just tweaking stuff. I'm in the CMS. <laughs> I'm in your CMS all the time. It's true. Anyhow, We're getting back to – so, so – <laughs> You were like dying to get us back on topic. <laughs> it, 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 it drifted. Yeah, we, we that happens. I mean, that's how the, some of the greatest ideas in the world happen. It's, it's from, true. It's I mean, Tokyo Drift. That's, hey, that's what I call great it. Great film. I haven't seen it. Really? I don't want any spoilers. Classic. I haven't actually seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. I would start with Tokyo from Drift from beginning to end. Me I've seen neither. parts yeah. of all of them. What? I think take a take a weekend. I haven't done it either. And I should we do at it at this point? Let's do it. Well, I was gonna. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'll bring it up again. My sister in law, Katie Natopoulos. Uh, before she recently had a kid, but before that, uh, we were planning to watch all of this, all seven existing ones, uh, in one go while drinking and smoking weed and doing 10 minutes of a podcast between each one. Damn. Just to kind of recap as we got amazing, you know, through an entire day of, I mean, it would be like 15 hours of. It's a completely idea. ridiculous idea. It's a great idea. Well, it's never too late because I still when haven't is seen the, it. When's the new movie come out? We should just do that and tie it around the new movie. The Fate of the Furious? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be, that would be – we would break the internet. The Fate of the Furious is like – I mean, sorry. The Fast and the Furious series is like the biggest thing that's ever happened in filmmaking. It's like is I think it, it might be the most – It's going to be like Star Wars in like 20 years. I think it might be the – somebody told me I think it might be the highest grossing franchise ever. I mean, it's just it's diverse, you know. You get John's, you really get John's everybody. John's on this right now. He's looking it up. But anyhow, so so you told us that you like to de-stress by baking, and we were all like, "What are you talking about?" And then it turns out you're really into baking, and so we decided to do this series, stress um, baking, which I highly recommend America. you watch if you haven't seen it. Stress baking, and can you, Jeff? Can you talk about it a little bit? So yeah, uh, I bake. I don't know when I started baking. Yeah, I think when, I like I like to cook in general. What's I think, the first thing you remember baking? Oh, wow, that's a good question. What is the first thing I remember baking? It definitely was in college. I had this like interesting little apartment for a while. Mm-hmm. I had like you, a good you oven. Could, somehow you could afford. Well, I mean, could is an interesting word. <laughs> Uh, you just didn't pay. Well, much like your college debt. <laughs> You're like, <"Meh."> well, <laughs> okay. Things sort themselves out. Um, interesting. <laughs> So what? Right, so you were, you started baking in college. Did I bake? I think it was just like a regular cake, but instead of using mix, it was from scratch. And I was like, oh, that's pretty tight that you could like put cocoa powder in flour, and then it's like a chocolate cake. And then from there, did you have an interest in chemistry? Uh, I did actually. I remember in high school I took AP chemistry, which is like apparently a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, I like chemistry. I like math and stuff too, where it's like figuring out what's gonna happen if you like do crazy shit to something. <laughs> Uh, exactly. That's math. That's to a very me. technical description. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what math is like. But so I don't see. That's interesting. I feel like I don't have the. I feel like I get very, like I don't read instructions. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of like something where you have to follow instructions. And baking is all about very specific. It is and it isn't. It's like mm, lately with lately with my baking escapades. It's like once you understand like why ingredients are being mixed, like for what purpose they serve. It's like. Oh well, you know, let's put more salt because actually, I want to die sooner or something. Right. Like, I don't think nobody says that. <laughs> or like nobody's like, I want to add salt because I want to die sooner. Well, now they will. Um, or it's <laughs> so. like you know, subbing out you know brown sugar for I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce it, it was like demerara sugar. So it's like a special kind of brown sugar. So there's ways to like play with it that are interesting, and you mm-hmm. get like different results that mm-hmm. are are fun. Also, just following the instructions is nice because um, frees your mind. It really does free. I mean. Really therapeutic to just be like, here are all the ingredients, put them together. Well, that's sort of the point of the series. Yeah. And so you, you've been doing this thing. You bake. Now, what are the things you baked? What was the first thing? First thing I baked, we didn't get on video. Oh, that's right. We didn't. We, that was like, we should do this on video after the first one. Yeah. And that was sort of the genesis of it. Still my favorite thing, actually. What was it? It was a chocolate orange muffins. Did I have one of those? You did, and you were excited. That was good. I haven't had... I haven't had most of the stuff. You're, I mean, you're on like a health kick. I'm you're dieting. Doing the whole thing. I'm dieting. I'm watching my weight. We're gonna try to get, you know, make a fruit platter or something. I gotta get ready for. <laughs> I gotta get my beach body ready. Beach body. You know, it's almost summer. It's true. People are gonna want to see what I got here. I'm very curious about how the summer's gonna happen with this orange president of ours. Um, <laughs> what do you mean how it's gonna happen? I just feel like <laughs> it's like summer might not go down because summer is usually a <laughs> like, time of like so much like, like joy and like. You know, the beach and you're relaxed. Like, how do sure. you relax in this? Sure. Summertime is on the radio. Yeah. I just, I don't know. But uh, anyway. I feel like it's going to go down pretty much. Like every summer. Like all summers. <laughs> Except it, every few days it's going to be like, Trump said what on Twitter? He has chilled out on Twitter, though. Lately. I mean, I mean you know what they like say it. about when it gets hotter, though. That's when, like, the. That's when uh, Trump goes nuts. <laughs> well, the murder rates go up. Like, people start, like, acting out Oh, more. yeah, yeah. No, the hate crimes are going to be through the roof Oof. in the summer. It's going to be like Summer of Sam. Dude, summer, <laughs> summer of Trump. I mean, yeah, that's not good. That's actually real. <laughs> Jeff's <though>. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but God. okay, but I agree. Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. It's hot. It's humid. It's probably gonna be hotter too. Tensions, tensions are rising. Fucking people are defacing mosques and shit. Ugh. I feel like they. I feel like for some reason in America they've switched focus. They like don't even care. I mean, I feel like that now that Trump's like, let's get Muslims out of here. People are like, what about the Jews? Like, all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, no, Trump's like, I have a travel ban. And all the white guys are like, all right, let's knock over some headstones. You know, um, look, I'm just saying that's, you know, that's how they're thinking. These fucking David Duke, white supremacy. Ah, the worst, the worst. You it's know, people, crazy that their leader is the president of the United States. People are always like, is it OK to punch a Nazi? And I'm like, you should do more. I don't know. I mean, honestly, Richard Spencer's not a Nazi. Sorry, I don't mean to be on a, a side side. Wait, Richard Spencer's not a Nazi. Well, he's got – he talks like a Nazi, but he has nothing behind him and no one around him. He's like a little baby. I really don't know what he – like his whole thing is. I do Let's know Let's put it this way. There's nobody there to hold back the guy who hit him. <laughs> nobody grabbed the guy who hit him. Let's put it this way. If you can get punched in the face and there's nobody around to protect you, <laughs> you don't really have people. Like, that's true. Like I'm sorry. That's very true. But, but like a real leader – has yes, fucking people. people. You have a, a wall between you and the people who are going to punch you in the face. No way you punch Drake. That's why face. it's like Martin Shkreli, Richard Spencer. <laughs> Martin Shkreli got shit poured on his face, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, the only thing that could have been better is if he had gotten it in his mouth <laughs> and gotten a disease from it. <laughs> just died. Well, I'm well, not going to say I don't want anybody to die, but maybe yeah. just feel very bad. Maybe you just have to leave the country for a while. <laughs> just leave the planet. <laughs> leave the planet. So, so Jeff did this first story. He was like, I want to bake something and we'll do the recipe. And it was like about how he de-stresses in Trump's America. Baking for him is very uh, soothing. Soothing. Soothing is the And word. then we decided this should be a video series. But it's essentially – how would you describe the videos? Well – I think the initial conversation around the video is like, look, there are so many cooking videos on the internet that it doesn't make sense to just make like a traditional like yeah. overhead. We don't want to make, make yeah, we weren't even trying to, I mean, it's not like we were like, we got to make a cooking video. No, but it's like, how do you make a cooking video without making a cooking video? Right. So then we started to think, well, what if it kind of has this like, 
we also didn't want to go that far into like scripted territory where it's like yeah. now I'm just like joking around while I cook. Yeah. I'm not an actor. Maybe I could be. I, mean, I don't you're know. Very good. Netflix, you could be, be an up. actor, no problem. I, I, you know, everyone has their little quiet dreams. Um, you want to be an actor? I want to make the money that actors make. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I mean, I, mean um, I guess if it were the right script. The script would have been hard to make is the idea. It's like, because you could just, you could so easily look like an idiot. Yeah. Well, like no, I mean, I'm saying jokes. the right script. And you, you know, I would do it. Yeah, I'd do I'd be it an too. actor. Anyhow, so, so yeah, the, 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 stress making is like, it's kind of like set to the backdrop of Trump. Yeah. And so his it's people. like, so we kind of lay, lay into this nice happy medium of like, it'll be, a, you'll learn how to make the thing in the video, like for sure. But also you'll get these like kind of interesting asides and I mean I really like the one we did. I think it was for the uh, the one before the cheesecake. Butter mochi? Butter mochi mm-hmm. where it just like flips out and goes into like a peaceful like ocean for like 10 seconds. Yeah. So it's like it's more like an experience watching the video mm-hmm. than a instructional thing. Well, one of the things that I like about it, and this is not just us like patting ourselves in the back. It's just fun. You guys <laughs> should watch it. You don't have to watch it, but it's well, just a cool thing. It. But but um but I like it because like I do actually find like baking videos. Like they're fun to I mean I get people watch it because it's like you like to see food mm. and like to see people making food. But I actually feel like I I understand I feel very this, um, a real, well, I know, but I feel a real kinship with you watching, and I understand this emotion of like you're trying to live. Like, here's what's going on in life. Like, you're trying to live, and then Trump is like fucking there in the background, yeah. with some bullshit. And it's like, <laughs> I just want to wake up today and just go through the day and just not be not have in him your in, in the corner dr- in of your, your drama. Yeah, like yeah. like floating around, like literally floating in yeah. the video, but like. You know, I think that's it's interesting. Like, also, I I have the recipes are great. I mean, but I think that's like is that is how we feel right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you can't go anywhere. I can't talk to my parents. I can't talk to any person on the street at a party or anything without Trump's name coming up at least once. No, it's insane. And it's just like we're all kind of living with this like ambient anxiety about like. Is, yeah. is a bomb going to drop or something? No, like we could be at war. We could be in nuclear war, having a nuclear war with North Korea in the next 24 hours. Oh, my God. You saw today that uh, North Korea, the, I guess Kim Jong-un said that uh, Trump is too much like Obama, which is like obviously Very meant to be an Very insult. Like, he, uh, Kim Jong-un needs to chill the fuck out he really because does. he doesn't know what's going on <laughs> we, over here. We have our own Kim Jong-un he, now. Yeah, we, I mean, in our, in, but ours has like 150,000 nuclear warheads uh, and Kim Jong-un is like, we can shoot this close to Japan. And it's like, he needs to relax. I don't think he realizes how quickly he can get his ass wiped out because I do think if America wants to put its military might behind something, but then, of course, we're at war but with then China. What happens after that? No, then we're at war with China, and it's believe me, we're it's nasty. I mean, which is why we all need to bake and make it all go away. Yes, this is why we need to not we need to not listen to Steve Bannon. We need to look at Steve Oven. Doesn't <laughs> nice. that just make any sense? Steve. Steve, oh, I was. I wish there was like a flower brand. Steam up, steam, steam, steam oven. We need to steam the oven. Steam the oven. Nope, that's right. Not gonna, it's not, not working. Work. Anyhow, let's. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about, which is, which is, you wrote this piece earlier in the week that I really like, and I think is super interesting. Everybody should read it. And again, not to pat ourselves in the back or talk about how great you are, but I we're do very think good. you're a very talented man. Um, about daytime television uh, as a kind of reflection of American culture, and I actually had been recently watching a lot of. Daytime TV like Maury and Phil Donahue and um, Morton Downey Jr. Wow, you're going way old school. Um, well, that's like the heyday of it. <laughs> heyday is a yeah. good word. Uh, but like, talk about that. Tell me about the piece. Talk about what you were trying to say and what you did say. I forget how I got interested in it, but it was basically just this idea of. I'll tell you how I remember. You remember the, remember the, the moment? Well, you were like these daytime TV ads are really fucked up, and they're oh, yeah. like targeting. People, poor people, and people who are like down on their luck, and it's really insane, and and there should be a law against it. Well, yeah, I think, and it's like it's one of those things where I think America is really interesting because deep down, no one who lives in this country doesn't know that like we we exploit people. Like that is what Americans do, and I think it's like at what point do we kind of like 
turn the other like cheek or what or like look away from it yeah is really interesting to me where it's like there's an entire block of tv every single day where not only are poor people being exploited through advertisements for things that don't actually work but on the shows themselves they're being exploited there's no reason for two people to argue about the paternity of their child on national television with a picture of the baby like in front of every like Ra- that's ratings you know like if this were like if if i don't want to get into it but like if these were white kids like it just wouldn't happen that way like i mean they exploit they exploit poor they exploit white, people. white people they exploit, they exploit poor white people I mean, so you say, would I'm never see like a buzzfeed video I'm of not, like whose baby is this well maybe not yet <laughs> who knows maybe just we're all wait. just going down with them yeah I mean, have you i mean so i mean i some of those BuzzFeed videos. It's are, true. I mean, <laughs> they're like, like the Try Guys. I mean, they're sort of exploited. The Try Guys are exploiting themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, get, they get paid more, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's that's like true. With, with these daytime shows, it's like it so cements a certain ideolo- ideology around poor people and around people of color in this country that's like they're poor. They want to be poor. Here's why they're poor. And then you get to just like look at all this stuff and it's like, look how bad decisions they made. He can't even pay child support. This, it's like. So much about it is just like gross and right. disgusting, and we right. like celebrate Maury. He gets interviewed on the Today Show, and it's like legendary talk show host Maury Povich. Yeah, and it's like no, he's just like a he's really like horrible a person. Bottom feeder. I mean, he's yeah. like just like he's taking people who are in a bad position and like exploiting them for his gain. For it's only his gain, and for entertainment. And like, admittedly, like I understand how. Other people's actual life drama is entertaining. I also understand how a lot of that stuff is. I mean, that's the entirety of reality television is based on the idea that, like, yeah. the Vanderpump's drama is for my pleasure. Yeah. By the way, I mean, the, I don't, I actually don't, I've seen, like, one episode of Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rulesa. is pretty good. I don't really know what the deal is. Like, I the like Vanderpumps it. are just, like, a rich L.A. family or something. I think, I mean, I don't know much about the Vanderpump. I don't get into it. I just watch these shows when they're on TV and, like, you know. But we can admit that the Vanderpumps only have a show because their name is Vanderpump, right? Yes, absolutely. Like, somebody was like, the Vanderbilts is like, no, nope, the Vanderpumps. The Vanderpumps, the Vanderpump, they're like, imagine the Vanderbilts but with no class. And they're like, I the want that. If they wore pumps, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyhow, so, um, but, but the thing about the piece was in kind of doing the research. I think a lot of my, I don't know, like knee jerk understanding of this programming block, as you as you will, was that oh, it's bad, it's exploitative, et cetera. And that all is still, like remains true. Like Jerry Springer, Morton Downey Jr. He's Jerry guys, Springer has a show now. Yeah, Jerry Springer's show is still on. Like he's back. It's the same thing. It's the same show. Hmm. You know, you bring these people on essentially to fight so everybody can kind of look at it. Yeah. That's not chill. Right. But there's a deeper layer of it, which is we don't even show these types of people on TV at all. Right. You know, when it comes to poor people, right. when it comes to people of color, when it comes to transgender people or LG. I mean, now we have more representations of gay people, but right. But that in is the, 90s. the but that is like the view. If you see somebody who is poor. You see them in the context of this like game show. Yeah, basically, you don't see poor people being poor. You don't see like the day to day like like yeah the Good Wife de- decision. Like, there's no like poor characters in the Good Wife. No, like they're all super rich. They're all rich. I mean, every I guess sh- Breaking Bad is about nah, middle, middle class. class. Yeah, you know every what's new show, show about, what's is a show about, about like poor people. Atlanta is the most recent show where it actually yes. talked. Not even, I, I hate when people describe shows talking about things. Yeah, but like it portrayed some of the realities of being poor. People, like, but also, it, you know what's interesting about Atlanta, which I think is a great show, I just feel like I just something very Trumpian. Uh-oh. You know what's good about Atlanta, which I feel is a great, great show. It's like that thing with this hand here, <laughs> this hand motion. We're all you can't see Trump, it now, so. but I'm like, anyhow, uh, it, but it's like, okay, people are broke, but they're not pieces of shit. Exactly. Like, like it's like, yeah, shit sucks. But like a, in an, for a normal person in a situation that like they don't have control over, which I think is like very unusual. Well, that's the interesting thing about I mean, it's not unusual like, for life, but it's unusual, it's unusual to, for to see TV. in entertainment. Yes. I think like America operates on kind of a belief around poor people, which is they made bad decisions, so they are poor. Right. And I think a show like Atlanta does a really good job at showing like it is really fucking hard when you're poor to do anything. Right. You like this guy has to sell a cell phone. To like be able to pay rent for the month or pay something for the month, and then it's like, oh well, you can make more money if you do this. And at the end of the episode, it's like, oh well, you'll make that money in three months. And it's such a perfect example of like poor people do not have the luxury of making long term decisions. Right. Everything everything you do is about surviving until tomorrow. Right. And when we watch, and and when the only representation of these types of people is on. 
these game shows where they go on to like fight with each other. Like we don't, it, it just says so much about how our culture understands itself and understands right. the people which, in it. Which is like, there's something so rich about the formerly middle class white America that is angry that they are now like less than middle class because mm -hmm. their jobs have gone away or they've aged out of the workforce or whatever the reasons are. And the people, a lot of these people are voting for Trump. And it's like, but imagine if your whole fucking life had been you not being even middle class, and trying, class. trying to get to middle yeah. class and you're still trying to get there. Like they're pissed about like you don't have what you used to have. It's like, well, you have something. But you and also you had it. Yeah, like yeah. you had it at one point. Imagine being in a situation where you never had it and couldn't get it, and every part of existence was designed to prevent you from attaining it. Mm -hmm. Which is like, anyhow, you know, it's but it's perfect like for this country where we are very good at making things look the way we want them to look. Exactly. Like, it's very much like organizing, like because I think like you know if we all started thinking about poor people differently. That would break down the way, you know, neoliberalism, American capitalism, our markets, every like so much about the way we exist in this country is tied to the fact that there is a baseline belief that poor people are poor because they made bad decisions. Right. And if you get rid of that, you have to change so much about America. It's interesting that like do you I mean, do you really think people walk around thinking that? I don't think it's I don't think it's as overt. It's the same thing with like conversations about racism where I think like we're kind of in this weird moment where it's like if you try to talk about your inter intersectionality or if you try to talk about race in any way, white people want to say like, "Oh, well, you're just like lumping all white people in together." That's the same thing as being not racist. Not all white people. And it's like not all whites. It's not it's not <laughs> about like it's it's about a pernicious sort of attitude. Like I catch myself in it, you know, where it's right. like you're on the train and you see someone who's like begging or homeless or whatever. And like your your thought process isn't as complicated or isn't as nuanced to think like I wonder how he got here. It's more like, oh, is he going to do drugs or like what's going to happen? Like mm -hmm. the old, you know that. I mean, I think parents you know I think? like instill I'm like, that. I'm like, please don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, but I mean, can I just anything. say I make no judgment about the person themselves. I'm just like I really don't want to engage. But I think about this with, for everybody on the train. Well, yeah, that's how that's Like it how literally I feel could about be any could be people. the richest person on the train. I'm <laughs> so like, please totally don't engage me totally in any me in the eyes. do not look at me. Because <laughs> I hate taking the train. So that's like Well you're a yeah. I'm an elitist. How often do you take the train? <laughs> very rarely. And I'm very happy about that if I can avoid it. Um, look, one of my I'll be honest with you. One of the great luxuries I enjoy in life is saying like I'm gonna get in a cab. You know what? Good. A lot of people can't say that. If I could I would. I fucking say it all the time. And it's great. Honestly, I'd go bankrupt doing that shit, probably. Riding in a cab? No, before. like that. I'm very bad with money. I'm like very, very <laughs> irresponsible. Like, Laura and I talk, fight about this all, not fight, but like we talk about it all the time. Where well, It's I'm, good you have a wife. So yeah, it is. It is actually really good. Because I'm like, let's just buy this thing. And it's like, no. we've actually been arguing about sofas. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm going on a tangent here. <laughs> and I'm like, this sofa is my favorite. And she's like, but we can't afford that. And I'm like, but it's better than all the others. And she's like, you just think that because it's expensive. And I'm like, no, I I'm like, no, I don't look at the stitching and the, That's and it's like, that I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to Ikea. Uh, <laughs> it's like, just cause it's going to get stained anyhow. But, daytime TV. Daytime TV. So I think this piece is super interesting because it does actually talk about, I think a lot of what we write about, I mean, what we try to write about when we're talking about entertainment or politics is not like, and you do this, I think you've done it a bunch. Um, it's not like Maury is just a show on television because nothing is just a thing. It's not like, you know, just a pipe or whatever. <coughs> like, but no, you know, it, it is, it, it's part of a continuum of, how we think, how we entertain each other, mm -hmm. how we talk to each other, how we talk about each other. And it's, it's so interesting. I read that piece because it started as a really random pitch, mm -hmm. which as, things, as with things, things, with things with you definitely <laughs> – Jeff will come into pitch meetings and he's like – I'm sure I think of like an actual one, but it's like – Bananas. Like, so, yeah, you're like, what's up with tables? <laughs> like, and we're like, what do you mean? He's like, tables, they're everywhere. And then – Yeah, and the, but, then, but then you have a conversation and it's like, oh, okay. And it turns into some thing. But this is like, you're like, those commercials are terrible. I think it's how it started. But it's so interesting to read it and go, if you start to think critically, I don't think we need to be critical all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you really start to think critically about, this is the thing is I feel like nobody ever stops and goes, wait, what does it mean? Why am I doing this? Exactly. I mean, it's like yeah. Twitter is filled yeah. with people who are like, hold on a second. Why are you retweeting it? What are you saying? Like, why do you think this? Like, have you analyzed at all the, the, 
can you look outside of it? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And when you yeah. look outside of something, even as what's seemingly innocuous as daytime TV, it's pretty fucked up. Horrible. Like it's a, it's a it's bad for society. Bad for everybody. I mean, a thing I didn't get into into the piece because it might it, I think it just would have dragged it down is imagining a world because it's like this is TV where people are for people who are at home during the day. These are unemployed people. Yeah. Or um, retired. They'd be retired. Or retired. Or they could be or maybe ill. Anything. People who have a cold. People who are down on their luck. Do we know how many people have a cold on a regular basis who stay that home from work? That would be such a good stat. Can we get a number? John, can you just look this up? Like, Looking what's the average, That's a really good question. Average <laughs> daily people daily who yeah. stay home from work because yeah, yeah. they have a cold. I love that question. I bet it's a fucking ton of people. Yeah. Like you think it's like, three let's take a guess. Hold on. Let's guess. Three million. I don't you, think you're saying the three million? Out there. All right, let's see. I'm literally uh, Googling right now yeah. how many people have a cold. No, that's not going to get you. <laughs> okay, well, okay, it's more than 3 million U.S. cases hey. per year. Oh, wow. so oh, it's 3 year. million. Per year. Oh, per, per year. year. I mean, you divide that by and let's get a little yeah. by, rough uh, daily 365. Yeah. That's like, I should be able to do this. Whoa. Oh, that's funny. The iPad still doesn't have a calculator. That doesn't. It doesn't? <laughs> no. Is the iPad 1? <laughs> no, I think it just doesn't. No, it got updated. It just doesn't have a calculator? It doesn't that's have insane. a calculator. Why would oh. they leave that feature off of the it's iPad? It's too big. They're like screens too big for our calculator. <laughs> Just make a big, <laughs> make a big ass scientific calculator. It's, that means there's only 8,200 8, cases a day. I don't believe that. That's not right. There's how many working people in America? Mm. In, no, Trump's, in Trump's America, it's through the roof. Yeah, they can't stop. People are. They, I have two jobs. Yeah, seriously, they have three jobs. <laughs> yeah, it's like we got so many jobs. They have so many yeah, jobs. They can't stop winning. He's right. He put people back to work. They're working four jobs. Yeah. Like eighty-two hundred a day sounds right. Does it? But. What we were talking about. Okay, 8,200 a day. <laughs> but Maury's viewership is way higher than 8,200. Yeah, mil- millions of viewers a day. Yeah. But but an idea I had writing this was, you know, what if what if we had, I don't know what this is called. Maybe it's called socialism. Maybe it's called something else. But All innocent just like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, call, it, call it what you want. Call it what you want. Call it, a, call it what, you know, any name that seems right. But if during that block of television, we actually just aired stuff that was strictly targeted to helping people. Yeah, but how are you going to make money? Well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a system that's built on profiting off of the exploitation of human labor isn't good. Would you describe yourself as a socialist? Uh, yes. Would you say that Bernie would have won? Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's what I believe. Do I'm you really? Do it. you really believe that? I believe that's so fundamentally. You tell me. You believe honestly believe Bernie Sanders gets to middle America and people are like, yeah, okay. This they love him. They old, love him. Screaming Jewish guy. I think that's the thing that is like so broken about Democrats is that there's like. There's this like false understanding of how things work, which is like really it's based on like a reality that did once exist, but it existed 20 years ago. And I think like you talk to an old person in West Virginia about getting free health care and get their kids going to school for free. They're not as concerned as they were in the 80s about government cheese, freeloaders and all that garbage. They're just like, yeah, dude, it's been hard as fuck for the past 10 years. Right. That sounds good. Right. Finally. You think people just want to hear somebody tell them what they want to hear. I mean, that's all Trump did, right? Like, yeah, Hillary but he only Clinton, won by seventy thousand votes. I think it's more. It's less about like the margin and more about like who is going to get people excited to vote, right. and that's not. But well, that be, is like, that is that is like the hurdle. It's true. Bernie's more exciting to listen to. More exciting to listen to. Like I, I remember doing a, a <laughs> segment way for, crazier. I did a segment for Vice in the Bronx where Bernie was doing a rally, and we tried to find as many like anti-Bernie people as we could, and all of them were like, you know, I really like Trump. If it's between and they hated Ted Cruz, it was when Ted Cruz is still in the, well, like was second place. A He's devil. a piece of shit. He's the worst. Uh, but they're like, if it's Ted Cruz and Bernie, I'll vote Bernie. And I think like if if you have Republicans saying that, like I don't know that he would have had that far to go to convince a few people. Uh, Not to mention the millions of young people who would have voted for that guy. Yeah, I'm. Well, you have to wonder. I mean, but so I just got to say though, come on, those fucking young people You're who are going to vote for Bernie. And I, and we, I, we could talk for hours about this, but so I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But like, you, are you telling me that you really believe? Because if it's true, those people are the fucking worst. That they voted, they instead of voting for Hillary, who they didn't like, but was far closer to their ideals than Trump is. Well, yeah, just sat it out. I think. I mean, I think it's two things. So I think it's like. A lot of people, it's, I mean, I felt this way. Everyone you felt this way. You voted for Jill Stein, didn't you? I voted for Hillary. But I think the thing was, a lot of people were like, oh, it's, it's lo- okay. You it's can tell like, me if you voted for Jill Stein. It's locked in. To see you had, your secret safe. You there. had Glenn Greenwald, of all people, saying Hillary Clinton is obviously going to win, so a vote for Jill Stein isn't a big deal. That no, was his, Ed, like, No, logic. Edward Snowden said that. Oh, Edward Snowden said that. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> um, 
And it's like no, uh, no. I, I, Glenn, attitude, Glenn is like Glenn is like nobody is good. Everyone is bad. We I feel to, like I saw we him. We have to blow up the government. I feel like I saw him have that taken somewhere, and I, that's why I've been that's like mad at him. Oh, the, the, that Hillary is obviously a lock. So I, I think I, he used the words a lock. I think Snowden said that. He said it too for sure. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, I think a lot of people who were on, in the Bernie camp, not necessarily voting for Jill Stein, were just like, I'm not going to vote. Hillary's going to win. Whatever. And that's a fault of like everybody. I think Hillary pushed that message. Yeah, I think I agree. The media pushed that message. I don't that, disagree. Like, it's fun. I don't disagree. We have a very broken system here. That's very why. Broken. Do you think Bernie will run in 2020? I think it'll be too old. Dude. He's so old. He's How old is he? 70? I don't know. He's older than that, I think. I think he's older. I mean, but Trump's I think the older 70. he gets, he's like fine wine. He's aging. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a little world tour right now. Is that's he? very interesting. Well, he's world got a tour, book. Like, he's, he's going around book. the country and like he's drawing crowds. He's like quietly like doing his thing. He's got a book. He's got a book. What about Michelle? Could she run? I don't think Michelle Obama needs to run for president. She probably is like wasn't that excited to have to live in the White House. And I'm sure the N word. We need every somebody. Day. We need somebody who's like a slam dunk. There's no one. We just got to fix everything. Corey. Corey Booker. No. No. Who but is it? I mean, Elizabeth Warren. No, she. That's. She's too. She's too. I mean, she's she, a woman. I mean, this is uh, this country is like not ready. It's like that's what's so insane. I don't think that is true. Well, who's the right woman? I don't who, know who Huma, the right woman is. Huma. <laughs> I'm into it. She's dating dating uh, Tony Goldwyn. Who's Tony Goldwyn? He's that very wasn't sexy. confirmed. They were I like think... hanging out, right? Oh yeah, they're they at were... a fucking amusement park together yeah. with her kid. Are you kidding me? Uh, okay. Yeah, what are they doing serious. there? That's Why like, would they be there? That's like divorce a date. No, she, he's also like a very handsome Anthony Weiner. <laughs> who is? <laughs> Wait, who is this guy though? Tony Goldwyn. What does he do? Come on, he's in like Scandal. He's like the love interest. In, he's the president uh, or something. Is he a president? Scandal. I don't watch. Wait, Scandal. he's the president in a TV show. I think so. Damn, is that right? He's, I don't know. I don't watch it. He's very. I'll be honest with you. He's a very handsome guy. He'll I'm play. He'll lie. play Wiener in the biopic. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that would be weird. Wow, would be so weird. <laughs> That'd wow. be weird. Anyhow. Anthony Wiener was a guy I really liked for a while. Yeah, he'd be great if he wasn't out. a complete sex addict. God, I mean, he really fucked up. Big it always happens. That's what always happens. I know, but he doesn't have to. You know, he just did. It. it just did. You know what? You know, that's a whole other show. <laughs> the uh, Jeff, episode. I'm going to wrap up now. All right, this is great. This I really fun. enjoyed this my conversation. My first podcast. I'm, this is insane to me. You should be on more podcasts. I should have a podcast. You should do a podcast. Well, hey, you know what? We're doing a lot of new projects at the outline. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Hey. Anyhow, Jeff, thank you for doing this. Thank uh, you. You have something coming tomorrow. We don't. I guess this will be up this by the time up. that. If uh, that even goes. It might not. Let's not even talk <laughs> about it. But you're, you're always working on something. Always working. Never not working. Oh, also, if you haven't seen it, Ke- uh, uh, Jeff did a thing about, about this guy, Kevin Abstract, which is really cool. We did a feature on him. Listen to Kevin Abstract. He's very he's an extremely interesting artist, I think. Jeff was like, I want to do a thing on this guy. I'm like, who is he? Because I'm an old person. And then, and, then saw the video. I, and then I saw the video and I heard the music and I was like, this kid is going to be a star. He's going to be a big kid. And, and I guarantee you, well, I don't guarantee because that would be crazy, but I think he will be. But you should check that out. So, look, you got to come back and do this. I will. Luckily, I'm, you're literally I, feet away I'm from the booth. Always here. So it's very easy. Uh, and uh, and thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I understand a billionaire has just decided to kill them. And he's definitely going to get away with it. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you've got an extra minute, please go to earsurvey.net and take a very short anonymous survey about today's episode. It'd be a big help to me and the show, and I'd really appreciate it. Again, that's earsurvey.net for a quick survey to help the show.